Hi, I'm Romel Pacheco, and this is Crash Course for the Planet, your weekly bite-sized bit of what you need to know to be a good global citizen. Memes are literally everywhere. Whether you love them or hate them, memes are permanently a part of the internet. But where did memes come from? How does one define what a meme is? And how did memes get from time, peanut butter, jelly time, way yeah, way yeah, way yeah, way yeah. to what if you want to go to heaven, but God said, <laughs> yes, what you just heard is in fact a meme. The term meme comes from evolutionary biologist Richard Dawkins in his 1976 book, The Selfish Gene. That's right, people. The word meme was around way before internet memes were even created. For Dawkins, cultural ideas were no different than genes, concepts that had spread themselves from brain to brain as quickly as they could, replicating and mutating as they went. He called those artifacts memes, bits of cultural DNA that encoded society's shared experiences while also constantly evolving. Dawkins was simply talking about passing culture through songs, slogans, catchphrases, and art styles. Today, memes still do pass culture along, but in the forms of 15-second videos, pictures, hashtags, and audio. But what makes a meme, well, a meme? Will Fulton, a writer for The Thrillist, created a pretty cool acronym on the essential characteristics of a meme. M for message. There needs to be a clearly definable central message or reference that's understood and relatable by commonly shared knowledge or experiences. The medium of the message isn't relegated to an image and text. It can be either or both, or video, or solely audio. E for evolution. The meme cannot remain static. It must be adopted and remixed by a community of people that embrace it. M for malleability. It must aid in its own evolution by having defined characteristics that can be changed while maintaining and preserving some semblance of the original message. And E for effect. It has to reach a certain level of popularity and understanding, or the message won't matter. Perhaps the most important part of the meme is its virality. Before the days of 4chan, Reddit, and Facebook, the first memes were shared through email and message boards. Memes such as GIFs of the dancing baby, the stormtrooper pelvic thrusting, and the peanut butter jelly song. What also came into popularity were the demotivational poster memes, which would later evolve into the classic top text, bottom text memes and flash animation. It's now February 14th, 2005. You're playing your GameCube in your room when all of a sudden your best friend breaks into your room with Sony camcorder in hand and starts to boot up your shitty PC that's in the corner of your room. You ask them, what are you doing here? And they reply, didn't you hear? There's this new website called YouTube where you can post videos and everyone in the world can watch them. Enter the viral video. The simplicity of YouTube made it so that anyone with access to the internet can upload a video. On top of that, humor was also kind of easier back then compared to today. Charlie bit my finger, Keyboard Cat, and Smosh lip syncing to the Pokemon theme song were some of the most popular and hilarious viral videos in the first couple of years of YouTube. Once a place mainly focused on business and science, the internet increasingly became a place for laughter and entertainment. We're finally here. It's 2011, and your classmates are asking you, hey, have you seen that meme with fill in the blank? Yes. 
It's around this time where the term meme is being used to describe viral images, videos, and GIFs. This is also when the top text, bottom text meme is at its peak. Many in the form of the advice animal, confession bear, the one does not simply meme, or the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka image. The meme itself is a joke that is within the text and is then enhanced by the overdramatic image or action that is, that is displayed. The reason for the huge popularity of these memes were due to how simple it was to create one. Just add text to an image and you got yourself a meme. The shareability of memes and explosion of Facebook also helped define the meme age. Memes were no longer confined to Newgrounds or Reddit, but were now mainstream due to the simplicity of these memes. But now that memes are even more open than ever before, that meant an oversaturation of memes. As more memes were created, the quality of memes were decreasing. I would argue this is where the normie meme became a thing. Normie memes are memes that almost anyone can understand. You don't need background cultural knowledge to understand the meme. Now I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Easy digestible memes are what made memes popular in the first place. It's just that for a larger audience of memers, there needs to be an inside joke. There needs to be change and evolution in the meme. Enter the dank meme era or the deep fried meme era. This is where we have our Arthur Fist, SpongeBob memes, Dat Boy Everywhere, RIP. This is the age where memes start to blend in with each other. Oh, Harambe and the nut button, yeah, they were fun memes, but they kind of died off. Oh fuck, wait, look at this meme. This time it's Harambe hitting the nut button with the laugh cry emoji on his face. Oh yeah, I saw that SpongeBob meme, SpongeBob meme earlier already, it was okay. Oh, now we added AirPods to the meme and a Dodge Charger about to hit SpongeBob, but he can't hear us because he has his AirPods in and he's such a Scorpio. The blending of memes not only would revive dead memes, but would also add to the complexity of the meme, the multiple layers of an inside joke and of the reflection of the internet culture of the time. What about memes that make no sense at all? Memes without context that still make us laugh. It's time to get into some philosophy. Modern comics and writers have learned that millennials and Gen Zers are fucking weird. And just like their comedy, it is also weird, sometimes dark and strange. One explanation for all this is philosophical absurdism, which argues that the universe is inherently irrational. That nothing truly makes sense and nothing is supposed to make sense. But there's something unique about millennials that contribute to this sense of meaninglessness. In 2017, the Washington Post asked, why is millennial humor so weird? Giving us the theory that because the economic climate has delayed milestones such as marriage, kids, and homeownership, and external sources of meaning such as religion have faded away, life has started to feel unpleasantly rootless, something that is being reflected in a stranger, more chaotic form of comedy. This article actually became so well known that it has been turned into a meme countless times. Just look it up, it's pretty meta. It's the reason why we have shows like BoJack Horseman and Rick and Morty. The entirety of the Eric Andre show is just one giant absurd meme. Sometimes the meme is funny just because it makes no sense and has no context. There are some memes that are funny because they provide too much context. For example, the Peter Griffin explaining a meme meme. It's a normal meme, but at the bottom is Peter Griffin from Family Guy who explains why the meme is funny and deaf. Now usually this would kill the meme. It's like someone telling a funny joke and then they start explaining why you laughed. It should kill the punchline, but it doesn't. 
There are a handful of articles about how the new tier of memes is a branch of neo-Dadaism, which is a resurgence of an absurdist style of humor and a form of art, or counter-art, which it is referred to. So are memes just now a form of counter-art that pokes fun at establishment and its failings? I guess you could say that. Look at the Epstein didn't kill himself memes. They either seem at first like a witty meme or just something non-meme related, like a list of frog facts. Then all of a sudden you read Epstein didn't kill himself in the bottom of the text or image. It's a meme that provides a raising of awareness to a controversial topic. Now what I'm about to ask is from personal experiences, but have you ever been asked what you're doing and you reply with, oh, just memeing with some friends? Now when I say that, I don't mean just showing memes to friends, but doing bits and random improv skits that don't make sense. I guess what I mean by all this is that I believe memes are now evolving from videos and images to actual in real life experience, acting out in ways that are absurd. I could break into my friend's house with an invitation, yell, you have violated the laws of Skyrim, give me your Honda Civic, and be greeted by my friend doing a Jojo pose while proclaiming I can only speak in an ancient bass boosted noise language. You both look at each other in the eyes and see that you're both fucking nerds and this, this is what humor has culminated to. This is what I mean by experiencing a meme or acting one out. And I know I'm not the only one. I really hope I'm not the only one. So there you have it. There is a lot that I did not cover. The internet is just such a broad thing that it's impossible to talk about every single meme and the contributions that the internet gave memes. Now that you're all meme experts, let us know what current internet trends you think will affect memes in the future. Do you think that absurd humor will eventually die out and will scramble for something new to laugh at? And of course, tell us your favorite meme and why. Thanks for listening to another episode of Crash Course for the Planet. This episode is written by me and Charles and edited by me and Charles. Again, thanks for listening and see you on Monday.